just a mere 10 to 15 years ago. Online dating was in its infancy, and it was common for people to be embarrassed to admit to their friends that they had met someone from the World Wide Web. Today is the complete opposite. Online dating is, and has for some years now, been the favoured approach for many people to take when meeting a potential partner, with plenty of downloadable dating and social media apps at our disposal. However, in 2016, when a woman called Lotta met a man online, she had no idea that their relationship would quickly spiral out of control and one of them would not make it out alive. This is Nordic True Crime. Lotta was a happy-go-lucky 41-year-old woman who worked as a finance assistant at a school in Stockholm. She lived in her apartment together with her beloved dog Echo, which she had joint custody of with her ex-boyfriend Per, whom she was still good friends with. They had both met in their hometown of Hanusand in the north of Sweden, before moving 420 kilometers south to Stockholm. However, in the end, the relationship didn't last. According to her sister, Lotta was a good-hearted person who always wanted people to get along with each other and always saw the best in anyone she met. She also adored children. She didn't have any of her own, but she often met up with her sister's kids, whom she was very close to. She did want children of her own, but she was yet to meet the right man and had toyed with the idea of traveling to a clinic in Denmark to be artificially inseminated. She was also really into fitness and loved working out, and it was through one of the fitness forums she was a member of on Facebook that she came into contact with a 33-year-old man called Martin at the end of February in 2016. He, just like her, had a passion for fitness and loved going to the gym. They started to talk more and more and not long after first making contact, he had soon wooed her by sending her expensive flowers. Eventually, they decided to meet up with each other. Things moved fast, and on the 2nd of March, only three weeks after they first met, Lotta's sister noticed that her Facebook status had been changed 
from single to in a relationship. This really surprised her. She had no idea that her sister was seeing someone, nevertheless in a relationship with a man. When she phoned her, Lotta asked her to call her back later. When she called again, she said that she couldn't talk because Martin was there and that she had only changed her status because he wanted her to and then claimed that they were not together. Lotta had seen a sudden change in Martin. He wasn't the sweet, charming guy she had first met. He had instead became extremely jealous. According to police interviews, he had forced her to show him her phone and he would go through all the comments on her Facebook posts, forcing her to defriend anyone who he didn't want her to have contact with. Worryingly, this wasn't the first time he had displayed this type of jealous, even violent, behavior. Martin had previously been convicted of multiple violent crimes. One of them involved an assault in which the victim later died of the injuries sustained in the attack. Three years before Lotta and Martin met, there was a reality TV show on a Swedish channel which followed the security guards who work on the subway in Stockholm. During one of the episodes, they were called out to a station where a really aggressive man was standing on one of the platforms, threatening to throw his girlfriend onto the tracks. When the security guards arrived on the scene, they were met by Martin, standing there with his girlfriend by his side. He was really angry and was acting in a threatening manner, claiming that his partner had been cheating on him. The guards tried to calm him down, but he started calling them names and telling them to mind their own business. Martin was a huge, muscle-bound guy. The security guards did their best to calmly defuse the situation until the train arrived. And it was then that they let Martin and his girlfriend board said train and continue with their journey. In March of 2014, he was convicted of domestic violence and sentenced to two and a half years in prison. He had forced his girlfriend at the time, whilst her children were asleep in the next room, to choose between either having her back crushed by him jumping on it, whilst crouching on all fours with her face in a pillow to muffle the screams, or having her vagina brutally torn, which would be carried out in the bathroom to take care of the blood from such an attack. Just three months after his release from prison, he met Lotta on Facebook. 
It didn't take long before the relationship turned sour and they began to argue frequently. Martin often accused Lotta of having an affair with another man. During a text message conversation between the couple on the 22nd of April, he accused her of flirting with other men on Facebook. You just hang about on Facebook and flirt with your filthy men. To which she replied, Give it a rest. I was only saying happy birthday to Cecilia. But he insisted that she was having an affair. Lotta then said, This constant arguing is your way of breaking up. I would prefer if you would just come out and say that you don't want to see me anymore. Besides, I think you have had someone else with you since last night, considering that you didn't pick up the phone when I called. But I can't be bothered to argue any longer. Do what you want. He continued to send her texts claiming that she had been flirting with other men. But between these accusatory messages, he sent another text to someone he had called Snella on his mobile phone, which when translated means, please. To this person, he wrote, thank you so much for last night, and I'm sorry I'm so cranky. There's a lot going on in my head right now. And in between the ongoing aggressive texts to Lotta, he receives an answer from Snella, which read, Thank you. I know that you're not cranky at me, and that is what matters the most. I appreciate your company and your respectfulness. We have a good thing going. Just a few minutes after receiving this text, he sent another text to Lotta, saying, We are finished. Can't be with people that fuck and flirt with others. But this wasn't the end of the texts, or even the volatile relationship. This was just the beginning. Things began to escalate and soon progress to violence. He started to hit her. She documented her injuries on her mobile phone and sent the pictures to her friend, asking her to keep the images as evidence in the event that something of a more serious nature occurred. Both Lotta's friends and family had began to see a change in her. She was no longer the happy-go-lucky person they were all used to. Instead, she seems to be constantly stressed and anxious. They all realized that something wasn't right with her relationship with Martin. He would sometimes phone her repeatedly, which made her very nervous and scared resulting in her making sure she picked up the phone as fast as she could in order to avoid him getting angry with her. On the evening of the 1st of May, Lotta phoned her ex-boyfriend Per 
she was upset and asked him to listen carefully. She said that Martin had threatened to kill her. So Per called the police and drove over to her place where he was confronted by Martin. They began to argue and Martin told Per that he would call his friends who would come and rape Lotta, murder her and bury her in the woods. Just three weeks after this incident, Lotta called her sister in a state of absolute panic. She was screaming that he was on his way to kill her. She called the police begging them to drive to Lotta's house and check up on her. She informed them of the history of their relationship and made sure that they knew that he had been violent towards her before. But the police decided not to visit Lotta. Instead, they called her. Here is a transcript of that phone call. Hello? Hi, my name is Stefan. I'm calling from the police. Oh, hi. Hi, what's going on? What do you mean? Your sister seems to be worried about you. No, it's all calm here. It's calm? Yes. And what do you mean by calm? I'm just sad. You're just sad? Yes. So you over-exaggerated the situation when you spoke to your sister, or... Yes, I think I did. She will be phoning me again in two seconds, so I will speak with her again. Yes, I think that you should do that. Okay, bye. That same day, Pad had also been very concerned about Lotta's well-being, and he too called the police, who in turn called Lotta. Here is a transcript of that conversation. How are you doing? I've received a call from your concerned ex-partner. Everything is good with me. Okay. Mm? He said that you might be exposed to a potentially dangerous situation. No, no. And that is as far as it went. A few days later, Lotta decided that she had had enough and made the decision to try and end her relationship with Martin. But he wasn't ready to let her go that easily. He contacted the person she was subletting her apartment from and tried to persuade her to cancel the rental agreement with Lotta. He also phoned her work, claiming that she was taking cocaine before going to the school in the morning, trying his best to get her fired or at least damage her reputation. And that was the final straw for Lotta. She had to do something. On the 25th of May 2016, Lotta reported Martin to the police. According to the report, the first incident had taken place during Easter of 2016. Martin had thrown a glass at Lotta's foot with such force that it had shattered into pieces 
cutting her. On the 26th of April, he had punched her so hard that he had cracked her ribs. On the 1st of May, he had kicked her so severely on her buttocks, leaving her black and blue. He had also, on several occasions, grabbed her tightly around her throat, kicked her, and forced her to sit down on the floor on all fours like a dog. On the 2nd of May, he had punched her in the head with such force that she was left with bumps and swelling. He had also threatened to gouge out her eyes with a spoon which he was holding in his hand at the time. He had then kicked her in the back and threw a drink at her, stating that he would kill her beloved dog. He had called her an ugly, wrinkly whore and had filled the bathtub with water, telling her that he was going to drown her in it. He had also warned her that if she went to the police, she would get a visit from his friends and that would be a meeting that would end very badly for her. After the police report had been made, Martin was charged in his absence. But then nothing happened and nobody got back to Lotta. So she herself was forced to find a woman's shelter where she could be both safe and hide from Martin. She was offered a place but had turned it down because they didn't allow dogs and she just couldn't leave her beloved Echo behind. The next day, she contacted the police again and told them that she didn't want to take the report any further. She was too afraid and wanted to deal with it her own way. Her method was to let the relationship slowly fade away, hoping that he would eventually get tired of her and move on to the other girl she knew that he was seeing at the same time. And she was right, there was another girl. However, it was not the girl he called Snella. We have decided to call her Anna. And during an interview with the police, she told them her story. Anna and Martin had met on the dating app Tinder at the beginning of January 2016. After a few weeks of talking on the phone, they eventually met up and started dating. One night, after having been seeing each other for about two months, Martin spent the night at Anna's place. She had to get up early the next morning to go to work, and since Martin didn't have a spare key, he had to leave at the same time. They agreed that Anna would give Martin a lift into town before heading to work. But early the next morning, when Anna tried to wake Martin, he acted as if he couldn't remember what they had agreed upon the previous night and became annoyed that she had woken him up so early. 
he demanded that she hand over her mobile phone, which he then stamped on, crushing it. He then suddenly claimed that Anna was just after his money, and he grabbed her by the neck and pulled out a bunch of notes he had in his pocket, threatening to shove them into her mouth. But instead, he changed his mind and told her to drive to a place on the outskirts of Stockholm, which she did. Once they got there, he started screaming at her. Anna was terrified and tried to jump out the car, but he grabbed the keys and threw them at her face. He pulled her seatbelt upwards, almost choking her, whilst grabbing her hand, threatening that he would break all her fingers. He then picked up the car keys and said that he would stab her in the eye with them. He then told her to make a choice. Should he strike her with a big rock in the head until she died, or should he just punch her in the face? Anna was scared to death. She was still being held in a chokehold with the seatbelt, and she began to panic. She didn't answer Martin's question, and with that, he became more and more angry. He said that her family should pay him 50,000 Swedish crowns, otherwise he would hurt her. They sat in the car for about one hour before Martin finally calmed down and told her to drive them home. She had received a black eye during the attack, so they made a stop at the supermarket and bought a bag of frozen peas. Martin told her to press it against her eye to make the swelling go down, because, according to him, she looked like shit. When they got home, Martin went straight to bed and fell asleep. When he awoke some time later, he was in a terrible mood. The first thing he did was to throw the bag of peas at the wall, where it burst and peas went flying all over the apartment. He then attacked Anna, pulling her down on the floor, punching her thighs and head. He pulled down her pants and underwear and grabbed a small hook that was used for hanging clothes on. He said that he would use the hook to cut up her vagina. He then changed his mind and told her to lay down on the bed with her face in the pillow. He said he would suffocate her with the pillow and began to explain in detail how he was going to hurt her and what kind of injuries she would receive. Anna was scared out of her mind and just lay on the bed too afraid to do anything. Martin then phoned his friends, telling them that he was pissed off with Anna for cheating on him. Anna had no idea why he was saying that. It of course wasn't true, and she couldn't understand 
where he might have gotten that idea from. She didn't know how to act. When she cried, he told her to stop crying. And when she wasn't crying, he claimed she was acting nonchalantly, even cocky. Anna was frantically trying to think of a way to get out of the situation without further harm. Martin then said that he was hungry and that he wanted them to go out for something to eat. He told her to cover up her black eye with makeup before leaving the house. They went to a sports bar and ordered some food. Anna couldn't eat. She was feeling very nauseous and was in a state of complete and utter shock. Martin didn't seem too bothered about what had just happened and sat himself down at a blackjack table and started to drink some beers. He soon became drunk and Anna suspected that he had lost about 10,000 Swedish crowns at the table. It was only lunchtime. All of this had happened in a few short hours. After this traumatizing event, Anna went to her mother's place and told her what had happened. She later went to the hospital to get her injuries seen to and documented, but she refused to file a police report against Martin because she was too afraid of what he would do to her when he found out. However, she never wanted to see him again. But just two weeks later, they started seeing each other again. But Anna said that she was ashamed of what she was doing and told her friends and family that she wasn't seeing him. But of course, she still was. She hated being around him when he was drinking. On one occasion, when they had been out, he had started the evening off by being really nice and sweet to her. But the more he drank, the nastier he became. He eventually told her to leave the pub, which she did. But as soon as she had left, he called her up, acting hysterical wondering where she was and told her that she needed to come back to the pub. When she came back, she found him standing with a group of guys, telling them loudly, take out your phones and start filming so that you can watch me cut her up. Anna quickly left the pub again. One day, Anna had seen on Facebook that Martin had changed his status to in a relationship. The only thing was, it wasn't her name that was next to his new status. It was instead someone called Lotta. She asked him about it and he said that he was seeing Lotta as well as her but that he would instead prefer to give it a go with Lotta. Anna didn't care one bit. 
She said it was fine by her if they had an open relationship. According to Anna, Martin drank a lot and fast. It wasn't unusual for him to drink 20 beers and then take some cocaine, sleeping pills and anabolic steroids. His mood was very much up and down to the extreme and she never knew really what state of mind he was going to be in. Sometimes he could be really loving and bring her flowers, but the next minute he could have that dark look in his eyes, the look that really scared her. She never really knew what would set him off. For example, the time when they had been out for dinner and the waiter had given him the wrong sauce. That dark cloud of anger came over him and he made a big scene. But still, she loved him when he was the soft and kind Martin who she had first met. During Lotta's and Martin's short relationship, she had received treatment for her injuries on no less than 15 different occasions. Martin had also been trying to get help for his mental problems, but the clinic he was at had referred him to another clinic as they came to the conclusion that they would be able to offer him better treatment than they could. But once there, he didn't fulfill the criteria for being admitted against his will, and Martin decided not to stay and left the hospital. On the 2nd of June, Lotta went with Martin and tried to help him in getting admitted to a different mental institution. But when he was told that he wouldn't be admitted for a long period of time or receive any of the drugs he wanted prescribed, he once again became really angry and started threatening the staff. And when Lotta and Martin left, they went their separate ways. On the evening of the 3rd of June, Martin asked Anna to give him and a friend a lift into town. But they began to argue in the car, and when she was dropping them off, she said that he wasn't allowed to phone her during the night because he was going out drinking as she didn't want to speak to him or be around him when he was drunk. The next day, Anna's friend called her because he was concerned for her safety. He had heard that Martin had been arrested for assault and he was afraid that she had been the victim. Anna immediately had a very bad feeling in her stomach when she later read about it in the newspaper. She just knew that Lotta was the victim and she was terrified of what he had done to her.
after dropping him off the night before, Martin had been out drinking with his friends. He had contacted Lotta during the night, but became annoyed when she stopped replying to his messages. He was in a taxi on his way back from an after-party at 4.30am when he told the driver to go to Lotta's apartment instead of his own. At around 5.10am, he arrived in the taxi outside her home. By this time, she still hadn't replied to his latest text message and he wanted to know why. He banged on the door until she finally let him in. A neighbor later heard a man shouting, Why are you lying to me? And then the sound of a woman whimpering. She then heard loud banging noises coming from the apartment. When the police arrived, Martin was leaving the apartment. He was covered in blood and his hands looked as though they had been dipped in a pool of dark red liquid. They apprehended him and put the handcuffs on. One of the officers waited outside with him whilst the other went into the apartment. There was blood all over the flat and throughout the hallway and it was there that they found Lotta lying on the floor. He had beaten her so badly that they couldn't even distinguish any human-like facial features. They had been crushed by the hundreds of blows she had suffered. They looked for any vital signs of life and realized she was still alive and immediately called for an ambulance. Meanwhile, outside the apartment, Martin was trying to justify what he had just subjected Lotta to by claiming that she had been cheating on him. So what was he supposed to do? He also said that since he himself had called the police and put her in the recovery position, he therefore couldn't be convicted of murder. He said that he knew how these things worked. It had only taken 13 minutes from the moment when Lotta opened her door until she was lying on the floor fighting for her life. Lotta was taken to the hospital and rushed into surgery. Her friends and family didn't even recognize her when they arrived at the hospital ward. The only way they could tell that it was in fact her was because of her painted nails. Lotta was still alive, but after a few days it became apparent that she was brain dead. She wasn't going to recover from the brutal, frenzied attack, so her family were now left with a very difficult decision.
on the 7th of June in 2016 at 4.30pm, Lotta's ventilator was turned off, and in the following 37 minutes, her life slowly slipped away. She drew her last breath at 5.07pm. The media started to report about Lotta's tragic death, and the public were understandably outraged. It sparked a discussion on domestic violence and the responsibility the police and emergency services have in helping to prevent things from getting to this stage. The police carried out an internal investigation in regards to their actions throughout Lotta's case in an attempt to try and learn from their mistakes. If they had in fact arrested Martin the same night as Lotta reported him to the police, and if the authorities would have proceeded with the case regardless of what Lotta had said about not taking her report further, then there is a strong possibility that she would still be alive today. The trial started on the 6th of October 2016. Martin admitted to having assaulted Lotta, but claimed that he never meant to kill her. The prosecutor wanted to prove that Martin's hallucinations and paranoia were a result of his drug addiction and not because of his mental issues in order for him to be sentenced to time in prison instead of treatment in an institution. And since he claimed that he didn't intend to kill her, they needed to prove that he had time to come to his senses during the attack, which would show a conscious act of killing. According to the blood splatter, Martin, who weighed almost twice as much as Lotta, had been sitting on top of her whilst she lay defenseless on the floor, and this is where he repeatedly punched her in the face. The expert testified that according to the evidence of the coagulated blood splatter, this would be consistent with the theory that he took a break during the assault, giving him a chance to stop what he was doing. But this couldn't be proven beyond reasonable doubt. On the 25th of October 2016, Martin was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Lotta. But he appealed the court's decision. The sentence was later lowered from life to 18 years. Lotta was buried on the 22nd of July 2016. One of the songs that was sung at the funeral service was the same song that Lotta's sister had played to Lotta at the hospital 
when her ventilator was switched off. Her sister had been told that the last sense that leaves a human before they die is their sense of hearing. So she had played a song on her mobile phone and placed it next to Lotta's ear. She lay her head gently beside her on the bed and stroked her sister's hair. Tears were pouring down her cheeks when she looked at her beloved, helpless sister and she tried her best to make Lotta feel how much loved she was until her very last breath.